When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. As before, we are Sir Crokington, and we are in on Sangard Island at the keep. Now, a couple of episodes we go, we got an unidentified red-hilted dagger. Time to identify it. It's the blood hilt dagger. And we also get 16 XP for Akania, which you always get when you identify something. Now let's have a look at it. It's a weapon. It's a stabbing weapon, as you'd expect. It's magical, as you'd expect. It has the power of wounding. And it gives plus five melee weighting. So it's not really... It doesn't give any stats, so it's probably just going to go straight into my residence to be later added to the museum where everyone would be like oh and there'd be a little plaque next to it saying where we got it the deep red hilt of this ornate dagger is reminiscent of the color of blood the palm of this weapon is engraved to resemble a horrifying scowling face you discovered this dagger in a hidden space in the lower levels of Sangar keep this weapon is of magical quality i don't know if Anyone has ever equipped this dagger? Because you are, by the time you get here, you're gonna have better weapons than that. You just are. There's pretty much no way around it. I mean, maybe you'll just equip it just to see what the power of wounding is. But, not yet. Maybe someone will want to find out. Update the wiki with it. Anyway, time for an adventure. Four days outside the hold. You find yourself paired with Thakur's chief scout for a mission to report on enemy activity along the southern edge of the Warring Wood. Start the adventure. Start. Here we go. Embark. It is early one morning at the edge of the training yard, just outside the keep. They are met by Thakir and introduced to a young man at his side. The exceedingly handsome man bows and introduces himself as Athok. Ah yes, this, the thing about this, this character is always the opposite gender than your main character. Than, than your character. Because it's a love interest. Thakir tells you that Athok is chief among his scouts. A master of the wilds and a huntsman without equal. Commander then tells you he would like for you to partake in a warring 
a scouting expedition with Atawak along the southern edge of the Warring Woods. Regular dude is no stranger to peril, says Thakir, as if to reassure the huntsman. He, sm he nods and smiles in response. His valour is certainly no secret to any of us, says Athog, smiling. I must say, though, I beg your forgiveness in advance, but I hardly expected it. Expected a man of such such beauty. Thakir rolls his eyes and shakes his head. You learn that you and Athor you join Athorok on a mission to scout the southern perimeter of the Warring Wood to assess any possible incursions the enemy may have made into territory over the last few weeks. I don't expect the two of you to engage the enemy, warns the commander in a stern tone. And I want both of you back behind the walls of the keep in one piece. Discover what you can, and take flight if necessary. Two of the best palthories await you at the coral. See to it that they return in one piece as well. Decided that you and Athok will set out on your mission at once, and the two of you bid Thakir farewell, and promise to return with news of any discoveries. He wishes you luck, and reminds you to not engage the enemy outside the hold. With that, you head for the coral. The, ho the horses that Thakir has provided for you and Athok prove to be excellent mounts. The two swift seas carry youth, carry youth out of the hold and through, through the rolling forested hills of the south of the Warren Wood to at, la and, and at last to the southwestern edge of the ancient forest. In conversation with Ar Arthurok, you learn that he was among the first to arrive on the Isle when part, and was part of General Tarakin's initial landing party, the outskirts of the effort to reclaim Sargard. It's the thrill of the adventure that brought me to the Isle, he says, glancing over at you as you pass along the northern side of a broad clearing just inside the southern border of the wood. I've every hope that our intentions here, meaning those of our king and our thane, are honourable. And I do not pretend to believe that all I've been told is the truth, or even some variation of it. Fair much doubt you do either, regular dude. The promise of adventure is enough for me. You ask Arthur what he means, and he gives you a wide look in response. I've seen and heard many interesting things since arriving here, he says. Some that I wish I hadn't. Maybe someday we can discuss them all. I'm certain that you've noticed our own your own share of oddities since setting foot ashore here. With that, the two of you begin your scouting and exploration along the southern edge of the Warring Wood. Day 1 The morning of your first full day of exploration along, along the southern edge of the Warring Wood passes without incident as you and Arthurok guide your steeds through the less dense outskirts of the ancient forest. Now and again, Arthurok leaps down from the saddle and examines something on the ground, or holds up his hand and halts progress as his keen eyes scour the shadows of the deeper wood. On every occasion, however, the trek is swiftly resumed. As early afternoon sets in, bringing with its arrival a warm wind out of the south, you suddenly spot something through the trees to the north. It's a tall, leaning pillar of stone. The pillar is perhaps a hundred yards away, Despite the fact that it is covered with moss and nearly parallel with the ground, you are, su are surprised that your partner, the illustrious huntsman, has not seen it, at least made no mention of it. 
You wait until Arco's head is turned the opposite direction, then call out your discovery. His head darts to the left and right more than once before settling on the distant pillar. I was wondering how long it would take you to find that, he smirks, promptly, promptly turning his horse in the direction of the curious find. Curious sight. A jest, of course. Regular do. Let's have a look at it. The two of you dismount and leave your horses to gaze at the edge of the wood before making your way, way on foot, to the ancient wood. The pillar proves to be one of several in a small section of the forest, which includes a crumbling, knee-high wall of broad flat stones and a cracked, toppled monument of a helmed man leaning on an axe. Atorok casts his eyes northwards to where another series of pillars is, lies amidst the undergrowth. Steest, perhaps fifty yards deep, distant is what appears to be a tall pile of stones, much like those that make up the dilapidated wall. Earthquake asks if you'd like to examine the pillars to the north or the pile of stones to the east. I really have no preference, he says, yawning in a somewhat exaggerated manner. So I can go north or east, but I can use divination first. Succeeded. 4xp to divination. You channel your power of divination and focus it on your immediate area. A vague, unsettling feeling comes over. If you are unable to pinpoint the source of your eerie misgivings, you tell Asrock what you've detected. And he nods and tells you he will remain alert, so north or east. Okay, I'm just going to go on random.org and flip a virtual coin. Alright, coin flipper, heads for the tart. Flip coins, okay. Uh, 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 okay, uh, tails then, uh, the second one. The pile of stones to the east. The tall pile of stones, the top of which is nearly level with your head, appears to be made up of the same broad flat stones that form the crumbling wall you encountered near the fallen pillars. As you round the eastern edge of the pile, a vicious hiss freezes you in your tracks. Your heart skits a beat as your eyes fall upon a monstrous, grey-scaled reptile ambling out from behind the heap of rock. You step back and draw yourself into a defensive stance as a massive stone-eater steps into view from round the edge of the pile of stones. The formidable creature hisses loudly as its thick, thawed tongue slips between its jagged, deadly fangs and a and its blazing yellow eyes fixed there on blinking gaze upon you. Okay, what is a stone eater? Stone eater. It's large, aggressive, a omnivorous name. Lizards are named stone eaters because the, the primary staple of their diet is stone. Hmm, convenient. While they will catch and eat small animals or even unwary humanoids, these creatures primarily fight, thrive upon stone and rock which their unique digestive system turns into a long-lasting source of nutrients. Stone eaters are normally found far from human civilization in areas of dense forest. Their lairs are sometimes marked by tall piles of stone which serve as a food source for the large reptiles. Adult stone eaters range in size from that of a large dog to the size of a small bear. I think... Honestly, since they have a food source which is everywhere and very easy to get, you think they'd be really abundant? I assume there's some other limited fat 
limiting factor that stops them from just breeding out of control and just eating half the planet. Like probably some sort of micronutrient that they just can't get. They just can't get from the stones. And so have to get from, I don't know, berries or bugs or something. And that's why there's not gazillions of them eating every, just eating mountains. And that's what I assume. Or maybe they're just really, really prone to just eating each other. Without warning, the man-sized lizard charges, stretching wide its terrible jaws as it prepares to defend its tireless pile of stones. Look, I don't want your stones. I don't want your stones. They're too heavy, and they're far away from every. They're far away from anywhere I could use them. If I wanted stones, I could just get some at Sangar Keep. It's filled with stones. Oh, but don't go there. Do not eat Sangar Keep. Don't eat Sangaki! We need it! It's a stone eater anyway. The massive stone eater snaps it to its powerful nose. Well, if you can eat stone, then chomping through a person should be no problem at all for it. And it's nearly slain, and it is slain. 22 HP. You look over the body of your opponent as you take a moment to wipe the grime of battle from your face. How to work, Paul bursts out of the bush to your left with the sword drawn and stares down at the carcass of the stone eater at your feet. The huntsman shakes his head in disbelief and asks if you're all right. You nod and he smiles. Haven't seen one of these those in ages, he says, stooping to examine the remains of the beast. Should have guessed by the pile of stones there might be one, one might be lurking about. That was the furthest thing from my mind. Well done, regular dude. We certainly don't need any of those running around. Not, you know, I mean, they could eat the keep. Imagine, you, ha- you spent all this time building a castle, and then a lizard comes along and, be- and bites a big hole in it. Arthurok tells you that he discovered signs that indicated that several nanorock had recently passed through the wounds, but he saw... We saw no evidence they were still in the air. In any case, he says, rising from the side of the stone-eater carcass, we'd best be moving on. Wait, what's this? Ashrock disappears around the eastern edge of the stone pile, returns a moment later, bearing a large leather bag, from which he removes a small, rough-hewn cube of jet-black stone. What is this? Raven bone, he says tossing this small and curiously heavy cube of stone to you. The jet black stone is ice cold to the touch and glimmers brightly in the sunlight that seeps through the canopy of the branches far overhead. Okay, there's a link for Wavenbone. Wavenbone. The extremely rare and valuable minion known as Wavenbone is believed to possess many mystical qualities. Thus, the highly prized jet black and very dense substance has long been sought by those wishing to employ it in its many different capabilities. It has been suggested by some that Wavenbone was used in ages past by great warriors who would drink a mixture made from the mineral that would grant them near invincibility. Oh, I want that! 
It is believed, well, it's kind of unnecessary. I'm already near invincible in combat. Maybe I should spare it for someone else. It's believed that no true deposit of Wavenbone has been discovered in the last few centuries, and indeed very little of the precious and arcane minerals to be found anywhere across the realms. Hmm. The thing is, later, later on, he says there's a lot of it in Arcandor, but I guess the deposits haven't been discovered. They've always been there. It's just getting the stuff from Arcandor to where people live is a pig. And there's monsters there. And there's... Or something like that. So I guess you could say they're not discovered. And I guess it's still where. But still. Doesn't quite match up. You are well aware of the history and significance of the rare and valuable mineral now resting in the palm of your hand. And your mind is certainly flooded with the many possibilities where it presents. And, continues our talk, not the first of it I found on the island. I'd wager I'm not the only one who's found it. Keep it, that one, if you like, of course. Huntsman bows and then he returns to an upright posture. You find yourself caught by this by his piercing gaze and momentarily taken aback by his disarming good looks. Atwork smiles, then looks away, checking over his equipment as he starts back in the direction of the horses. Come on then, regular dude, he calls over his shoulder. You can't dally about here all day. There's more of this wonderfully wretched forest to discover. You study the cube of raven bone for another moment before slipping it into your, into your pocket and turning to... And turning to follow, to follow your companion, I've got a small cube of red raven bone. A small, roughly hewn cube of raven bone is the one you discovered at the site of the ancient ruins on the southern edge of the Warring Wood. That night, you and Artwork set up camp on the edge of the wood and each take a turn to watch while the other gets some much needed rest. I'm fully restored. Apart from the distant, no less unsettling, baying of several wolves, the night passes without incident, and the two of you find yourself greeted by a chill, windy dawn. Day two. It is late morning on your second full day of exploration along the southern edge of the Warring Wood, when you come across a swiftly flowing brook, and decide to stop to water your horses and partake in some of the rations you brought along on your trek. After finishing the light meal, you wander up the bank of the stream towards the edge of the forest to the north, while Atwork splashes his face with the cool water from one of the many small pools on the side of the brook. Ah, this is nice. 16 XP to woodmanship. He hadn't gone far when your ex expert eye spots a large and recognisable impression in the mud at the edge of the brook. A closer examination of the track confirms your suspicions. It's the footprint of an ogre. As you call out to Arthurwok, who quickly joins you and leans down to examine the track. Can't say I've ever heard of ogres on the island, Isle, he says, looking up from the track and warily casting her gaze in awe. Casting his gaze in all directions. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that 
guess that's going to happen when you're rewriting every, rewriting dozens of dozens of sections to regender them. You're gonna you're gonna mix mix one or two of the ones. This print is fresh too, within, within the hour hour or so. I wager you, it's make hasn't wandered too far. More likely than not, he heard us coming and took cover some near, somewhere nearby. Lucas love a good ambush. Outerworks words ring true, and serve to put you on guard as the two of you turn in opposite directions and carefully scan your surroundings for any sign of possible danger. The sudden jolt of Outerworks jabbing his elbow into your back tells you the huntsman has seen something, and you turn around only to be confronted by a strange and unsettling sight. Moving up the opposite edge of the brook from the south is a towering fur-clad ogre. The hulking, grey-skinned humanoid, easily ten feet tall, is dragging the bloodied carcass of a stone-eater behind him. A large hammer. hammer hangs from his hide belt and several thick chains encircle his broad, broad neck. A thick... At 50 yards, the, the ogre stops and raises his left hand, displaying for you, for you his open palm, but you and Otro believe to be a sign that he comes in peace. Is he going to skin that thing or eat it? Says Otro, his face plainly just showing to slight for this kind of defence. I think this is only going to get stranger, Wagler, dude. Let's keep on our guard and keep the stream between us if we can. You agree with your companion's sediments and keep your eyes fixed on the ogre as he continues what appears to be a cautious but steady approach. Otterwork holds up his left hand in answer to the sign given to you by the ogre. At ten yards, the ogre stops and releases his grip on the dead stone eater's tail, allowing the carcass of the slain beast to slump to the ground at your feet. Any of the goblins? About up that way? He asks in a thundering but seemingly friendly tone. His diction and overall demeanour hinted an extremely capable intellect. Something that catches both you and Arthurwalk completely off guard. Having recovered from the initial shock introduced by the ogre's appearance and his surprising demeanour, you and Arthurwalk learn that his name is Hokmoar, and he has a, and he has for the last several years called the island of Sargard home. You introduce yourself to the ogre, and, as if he had guessed or detected that your surprise regarding his perceive, perceived intellect, launches into a brief and amazing explanation. Hokmoar tells you he has always found a place in his heart for kindness, something utterly foreign to the vast majority of his savage kin. And it was his benevolence that won him the favour of a powerful sorcerer he once rescued from a band of Tazar in the forest, si forest near the city of Charna. Oh, oh yeah, I hate Tazar too. Well, all the ones I've met anyway. As I say, deep in the Netherlands, there's probably, a, there's probably loads of settlements of perfectly nice Tazar. But they don't come over here because it's like, it's a selecting process. Selecting process. The good Tazal don't try to conquer Tysa. 
presumably they just, if they are here, they just stay in human disguise, just carry on with their business. And we never know. In exchange for having saved his life, the sorcerer crafted a potion, which he said would gift you with a mind to match the grandeur of your heart. So, here I am, he says, smiling. An oddity and a hated outcast for all Ugdom. Though I can't say I've ever regretted it. I do hope it's set that, that, that sets you at ease, for I've no quarrel with humans. That's required, of course. You and Atorok assume Hokamoana, that you have no quarrel with him, and he seems pleased and somewhat relieved. He tells you the area for which you're passing has been crawling with Nanawak of late, and he took it upon himself to wit the world of six of their number early this morning. Hey! Well, that's six less for us to deal with. Just sat, just thousands more to go. The goblins usually give me a wide berth, he says, grinning as he pats the haft of the hammer, swing hanging his sides. I've lost count of the number of Nanorok skulls I flattened with this piece. I have to say it now counts over a hundred. I've never cared for goblin kind, but these Nanorok are a particularly ugly sort. The two of you hail from the keeps to the southeast, or I'm much mistaken. Arthur confirms the ogre's suspicion and he nods. Well, you look as if you can take care of yourselves well enough, he says. But I warn you to be cautious in these parts, particularly east of here, in the lower country. I've seen signs of a dragon about, about the area of these past few months. For I confess I have not laid eyes upon the beast itself. Friend or foe is, of course, the question. You can never tell with them. Though I prefer to avoid it altogether if given the choice. Uh, no, not me, not me. Not me, I mean. I mean, it does, it's, it's good options either way. You either befriend a dragon, or you fight a dragon. And they're both cool options. Because they involve a dragon. In a surprising and perhaps almost historic turn of events, the two of you spend the remainder of the morning and the first hour following midday, resting at the edge of the stream in the company of Hokumana. The ogre busies himself with skinning and quartering stone eater carcass, and even roasts a small portion of the odor of fire that Altwork has built, offering each of you a share of the surprisingly tasty blackened reptilian flesh. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. That should make provisioning the keep easier, because now we know you can eat stone eaters. And presumably, since they only eat stones, they'll be a Donald to farm as long as, you know, you have a nice wooden wall around them so they don't wander off and eat the castle. Don't, don't, know, how that, how, don't know how they'll handle, you know putting them together. If you put them together, would they just start all killing each other? Because, I mean, I mean, the thing is, domesticating an animal, it's not just can you feed them, it's can you put enough up, can you put a whole lot of them together and have it not and put a fence around them and have them not go into a panic and all kill each other. That's why you, you can domesticate sheep, but try and domesticate deer. 
You're just going to be, you're going to, you, well, you can have a lot of dead deer. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I mean, you, you can... You can arrange things so that there are more deer, which is admittedly probably what they do a lot in this kingdom, you know, so you can hunt them. Because you've got to make sure there are plenty of deer to hunt. So you just twist things a little bit so it's a more deer-friendly place. And, you know, kill all the wolves. Because those deer are yours. <laughs> At last, you and Altrock bid farewell to Okamara. And wish him luck on his travels. He returns to sediment as he hopes your paths will again cross someday. Oh, I do, I do. With that, the ogre moves off, following the stream to the well, following the stream into the roaring wood, while the two of you climb back into the saddle and resume your trek along the southern edge of the forest, heading east. Alright, I've I'm fully restored once again. The remainder of the day passes without incident, and you and Otterok spend a good time talking about your encounter with the ogre. Hokmoa had to brave the wiles of this wretched isle to escape the savagery of his own kin, says the huntsman. At least, at least that's how I heard his tale. A two testament to uniqueness of man, I suppose. We cherish and reward those among us capable of greatness, rather than drive them into ex exile. What do you think, regular dude? You concur with what? Much of what Alcorn said, but you still find yourself with unquestions, unanswered questions about Mokamar, not the first of which is his concern. What, what, not the least of which concern his stated reason for prowling the isle. From what you've come to learn about Sangard, and all the happenings on this shore, few things seem to be how they appear at first glance. As late afternoon fades into dusk. You make, make, make play, make a place of high ground amidst several large boulders and make camp. You and Altorok again share the night's watch, which thankfully passes without incidents. Once again, you resume your trek on the southern border of the Warring Wood, in the face of the cool breeze out of the east. Day three. It's late afternoon on the third full day of your trek, when your exploration is suddenly interrupted by a gruesome sight that looms into view as you pass through an area of thickly wooded hills. There must be forty of them, says Althorg, drawing his sword as he kept carefully manoeuvres his deed in and around the dozens of brutalised nanoart corpses you've discovered in a small hollow between this surrounding range of roiling forested hills. Well, Alright, we either have a friend... Or a far greater monster. 
The master huntsman turns her eyes to the crowns of the surrounding slopes, but your eyes are already scouring the hillside for any sign of whoever or whatever slaughtered the goblins. You estimate the Nanowak have been dead for only a few hours at most. Already high overhead, several large birds of prey began to circle against the pale blue sky. This can't be the ogres doing, comments Nakrook, referring of course to Akamara, as he stares down, down revulsion the mangled goblin corpse at the feet of his horse. Not an, even an ogre could hope to outlast this many. They've been cut up too, swords most likely. Though you'll have, have, have a one of it to convince me this was the work of soldiers. You note that several of the goblins have been decapitated. Discovery made even more horrific when you're unable to locate their heads and Mr. Carnage littering the ground. I don't like the looks of this, Alrock says, shaking his head. It's as, as if we've... The huntsman's head spins to the north. Your eyes are already locked, locked on the fearsome sight that has drawn his attention. And now... And it's now cresting the tallest of hills that surround you. Your pulse quickens as you count no less than nine nightmare Mary's creatures scuttling over the back of the nearby s- s- scuttling. Scuttling? Oh no! I think I liked it better in the hold! Scowls Arthwork, casting a sideways glance at you. Mowing, mowing over the top of the hills in the north and quickly scuttling down a steep, forested scope, and nine of the most terrifying creatures you ever laid eyes on. The lower body of a large black spider, and the upper torso, arms, and head of a yellow-skinned goblin. The beast now rapidly descending upon you, seeming like something out of only the darkest of nightmares. As the spider creatures draw, draw closer, you know, without exception, each of them wields two black-bladed swords, one clutched in each of the clawed hands that, that belongs to the goblin portion of their hideous forms. Their eight long and spiny legs dance nimbly through the thick of the forest, propelling them towards you with a haunting grace and unnerving speed. You doubt you'd be able to outwand them, even on horseback. The rest! Shouts Natterwok, pointing in the direction with his sword. You turn on dismay to find twelve more of the hideous goblin spiders swiftly crawling down the nearest slope. It's only a matter of moments. The two of you find yourselves completely surrounded by a large group of the terrifying goblin spider creatures. The nightmarish hy- hybrids form a broad wing around you and swiftly close in, obviously seeking to add two humans to a collection of carnage that already fills the small hollow. hollow. Alright, I've got a lot of options here. I could ride forward and engage these creatures, remain where you are and prepare to defend yourself. I could use archery, elementalism, telekinesis, and I got Necromancy up to level 70, I could use that. But it's only on level 64, although I could raise it to 65 pretty quickly. 
but I'd have to go quit the adventure. So, so no. no, no, can't do that. Or divination level 34, 30 plus. I'm going to use mm, telekinesis. Succeeded. 8xp to telekinesis. You call upon your mastery of telekinesis and project a powerful blast of telekinetic energy at one of the foremost goblin spiders. The blast strikes the unsuspecting creature full force and sends it toppling backwards into three of its kin, three of its kin momentarily disrupting their advance. Just momentarily. Your action seems to have momentarily confused the spider creatures. And for a moment they slow their advance. The reprieve is only fleeting, however, for they quickly resume their encroachment, moving moving in steadily upon you from all sides. So ride forward and engage them. Remain where you are and prepare to defence. Uh, remain where I am. I think it's best if we, if me and Arthur Rook go back to back. Defend yourself without warning. Several of the advancing spire creatures rear up on four legs, exposing the undersides of their thick, shiny abdomens. In the middle of the broad black, black plate of scaly flesh, covering their midsections, is a single silver dot. The crackle of energy fills the air, as long streams of blue energy erupt from the silver spots, surging straight for you and Arthurok. Oh, I can use fortification or dodge. Fortification it is. It succeeded. 8 XP to fortification. The tines of lightning deflect harmlessly off, off the magical barrier of silver sparkles that appeared before you without a second to spare. Arthurok has also been protected by your timely summoning and he flashes you a quick grin before once again turning his attention to the advancing enemy. With no desire to remain a sitting target for any more lightning attacks, you and your bold companion urge your skittish foes forward and you prepare to take take the flight to take the fight to your hideous foes. As you reach the foremost of the encroaching foes, the hideous spider, spider creature charges forward and attacks, slashing out at you with two black swords clutched tightly in the clawed ha hands attached to the goblin portion, portion of its upper its upper torso, you suddenly realise these creatures can only be the legendary Xylomoir, a malevolent, magically created race combining goblin and spider, believed to have been extinct for nearly a thousand years. Alright, and there's, and there's a law book entry for them. Let's read Xylomoir. This hideous hybrid race combines the upper yellow skin, torso, arms and head of a goblin with the lower portion, abdomen and eight legs of a massive black spider. Believed to be extinct, these foul, malevolent creatures were most certainly the product of an ancient experiment in dark magic. The Xylomor were formidable and aggressive combatants and were capable of dual-wielding black swords, which they crafted out of a near impervious substance they excreted from their bulbous abdomens. The underside of each xylo abdomen also bore a circu circular silver spot from which these horrid creatures could unleash a, a, a magical lightning attack. A 
according to legends that surround these creatures, the Xylawar possess, possess the ability to repel magic. It's believed that the last holdouts of these vicious creatures perished on the northern plains of Hagjuan nearly a thousand years ago. Well, looks like we didn't get all of them, but I think we'll fix that now. Unnerved by this revelation, you prepare yourself to engage your vicious foe. Alright, inside of more. Time to make these officially extinct. Desiremore slashes at you with a pair of deadly black bladed swords. Xylemore wears up on four legs and unleashes a powerful energy attack that tears into you for eight damage. Alright, stabity stab stab stab. They are slain. Nine XP. You stare down at the body of the opponent as you pause to catch your breath. You suddenly find yourself surrounded by seven of the vicious Xylemore, with retreat not an option. You boldly hold your ground as a sword-wielding goblin and spider creature swarm in on you. Xylemore, one of seven, fights like the other ones, and slain. Nine XP. The hideous Xylemore thrashes about on the ground. Its eight legs wielding, waving wildly in the air for several moments before finally surrendering to death. Before you can eat and catch your breath, you find yourself quoted by yet another of the gruesome foes, Sarnamore 207. Okay, I'm just gonna rush through these. 9 XP, 3 of 7. Alright, and slain. Alright, there's a different kind of special, but I'm gonna pay more attention now. And slain. Alright, and keep going. The Xylemore cuts through your defences with a dazzling series of slashes with its black bladed swords for 9 damage. Ah, so it's two specials. Xylemore wears up on four legs and unleashes a powerful energy attack that tears into you for 6 damage. But still, they are slain. Alright, 6 of 7. Okay, here we come. Here, there's the ultimate. Surrenders to death. Before you can even fight, catch your breath, you find yourself confronted by yet another of your gruesome foes, Xylemore 7 of 7. Well, that's the last of this group, but I feel there may be more. Did a, did a couple of specials, but now it is slain. 9 XP. The hideous Xylemore thrashes about on the ground, its eight legs wielding, waving wildly in the air for several moments before finally surrendering to death. Right. As the last of the Xylemore thrashes about on the ground before you in the foes of death, Arthur Clark's death, death, desperate cry reaches your ears. You turn into actually a companion and find he's attempting to fend off do a dozen of the hideous creatures. As you urge your steed in the direction of the embattled huntsman, you count the remains of ten Xylemore scattered about on the ground at the feet of his valiancy. Yeah, he's killed even more than me! Can't let, I can't let him pull ahead. As you reach Arthur, yet another of the dreadful Xylemore falls victim to your companion's masterful swordplay. Huntsman turns his head, head for an instant and flashes you a grin. And suddenly, his eyes widen and he shouts a desperate warning. Regular dude! Behind you! You pivot in your saddle, just in time to see a large Xylemore bearing down on you. The hideous creature brandishes its... Dual black blades with a nerving skill 
as the goblin head perched upon the upper portion of the torso snarls. You steady yourself as you prepare to engage the menacing thing. It's a large xylomore. Beginning combat. Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Alright, it does the energy attack for 16 damage, but it is now slain. 14 XP. The moment your, your enemy slumps to the ground in front of your horse, you find yourself confronted by a pair of equally massive xylomore. Hideous creatures scuttle across the carcass of their slain kin and savagely attack you. Two large xylomore. They slash you with their deadly black bladed swords while getting stabbed, and now they're dead. 22 XP. A sudden rush of air. Instinctively turn chairs your gaze again way turns your gaze away from the writhing limbs of your dying enemy. You turn to your white and horrified to find the black blade wielded by a massive xylomore streaking from your head, picking a number. Bonus of forty eight. Twenty for agility. Ten from luck. Eighteen from horsemanship. Gonna get twenty or more. Or oh, I get decapitated. Pick now. Sixty nine success. You simultaneously duck and urge your horse forward, narrowly escaping from the deadly stroke of the massive xylomore's blade. The massive xylomore scuttles forward and attacks, striking out at you with its clawed, with expert precision, just with the two black blades clucked tightly in its clawed hands. You quickly find yourself in engaged with a fight to the death with your savage foes, a massive xylomore begin combat. Rears up on his four legs. The energy attack for 17 damage, but it's going down. And then another energy attack for another 16 damage. And then one for 12 damage with its swords. Alright. And it is slain. 38 XP. As as the massive xylomore crashes to the ground, its eight legs waving wildly in the throes of death. You suddenly landed a staggering blow from behind that sent you pitching sideways from the saddle. You strike the ground with jarring force, driving the ring from your lungs and momentarily doubling your vision. Minus 203 stand points, leaving me with just one stand point left. Well, I hope they don't kill me while I'm vulnerable. Severely wounded from the combination of the blow and the fall from your horse, you struggle to regain your feet as the massive xylomore towers over you, preparing to strike you a final fatal blow. Suddenly, the hideous goblin and spider hybrid violent, violently claps to your side, emerging both, dropping both of its deadly blades, and a familiar and unexpected figure emerges from the chaos of black battle that simultaneous the battle that wages behind it. You're simultaneously shocked and released as Hokumara. Yoga, you and Atharok befriended just yesterday, steps, steps from the writhing carcass of the dying Zalamar and reaches down with his massive hand and helps you to your feet. Yay! The arrival of Hokumara, combined with the devastation both you and Atharok have wrought upon these wicked creatures, appears to have at last shattered their morale. The scant remainder of the Xylomor scuttled back up the hillsides at the edge of the hollow and are soon lost from sight amidst the trees. 
Alright, well, I'm definitely not pursuing them there. I mean, they have such advantage to both goblins and spiders, so that'd be triple good at fighting in forests. Arthurok rides up, breathing heavily in salutes you, and Hokumar with an exhausted wave. Huntsman's face is streaked with blood and the crime of battle. Remarkably, he appears to have suffered no injuries as a result of the battle. No offence, mind you, he said, smirking at Hokumara, as, as, as he still attempts to catch his breath. But I never thought I'd be quite so glad to see the arrival of an ogre. But the arrival of a fen? Yay. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> the ogre scowls painfully and kicks at the carcass of the Zionwater's feet. Should have warned you about these nasties, he says, frowning. The forest is crawling with them. Yeah, how did they all get there? Crazy wizard? Probably crazy wizard. Akbar tells you he's encountered Zyamor all throughout his travels across the Isle, for most, most frequently in and around the warring wood. The Nanawak fear them, and I suppose the Nanawak fear them. I suppose the trolls do too. He says in his deep and rumbling voice. I do my best to avoid them. Particularly when they're found in the sorts of numbers you came upon. There has to be a great festering nest of them somewhere. I suspect that anyone lucky enough to stumble upon it. Would not be likely to survive to tell us of it. I know of a long list of reasons to seek a shortened stay on this island. Scowls Arthur shaking his head. Once we report this to Thakir. It's likely that the force gathered at the keep will never leave the hold. At length, Hokamawa says that he must set off on his way. But he bids you both farewell. Wishes you luck on the remainder of your journey. Tells you it was mere chance that brought him back this way in time to do what he could to help you against his animal. He hopes that chance will again bring him across your path. The two of you watch as Joe departs moving at a slow but almost graceful gait over the forested slopes that surround the hollow. When he is out of sight, the two of you check over your horses, who have miraculously escaped harm during the brutal battle, and once again resume your trek. You are both eager to leave the carnage-strewn hollow far behind. Seems fairly eager. Seems fairly eager to make an impression, Oswald, so it seems to me, says Athwork. As you ride up and out of the hollow and across the broad expanse of grassy meadows. Maybe all my days in the wilds have made, little, made me a little too wary. But there really is no 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 replacement for a good bit of good bit of the old sixth sense. What do you think? What do you think, regular dude? You tell Arthrock, though you're not entirely certain. That the ogre appears to be genuinely friendly. You also are. That Hokumara had desire to harm, to evil if you harm. He certainly had his chances. I suppose that's the best argument against my imaginations. Smirks Arthurok. Still, I've lived this long, long in all manner of danger by sticking to a few simple truth. What one of, one of them is that those most desirous, desirous of your friendship. Often those most desirous of a lowered guard and a clean shot at your back. But you're probably right. Still, 
Though, if he suddenly turns up the keep, we can rethink it. The conversation drifts away from the ogre and onto the problem has arisen in light of the encounter with this Arlemor. You both agree, it seems that the perils on Sarngard are more, there may be perils on Sarngard, more immediate and deadly than anyone has so far, so far guessed. The rain of the day passes without further incidents or encounters. You are both glad for that. As dust descends upon the slope, you make Make camp in a hollow at the edge of the rocky slope that overlooks us. Looks a small swamp. Once again, the two of you share watch duties throughout the night, and throughout what thankfully proves to be an uneventful night. And now I'm fully restored, which is handy. That's what I got reduced to one SP. Day four. The day, the day, the day dawns chill and windless. And but by mid-morning, the cool air has given way to a warm breeze that drifts over you from the south, making the pleasant final leg, leg of your journey. Making for a pleasant final leg of your journey under clear blue skies. Midday passes, and early afternoon arrives, and you find yourself remarking the lonely but beautiful landscapes that surround you. Not even a hint of the danger. Seemingly lurks at every corner, turn on this aisle, can be found in the roiling hills and the bright forest glades that roll by as your steeds pass over the bank of grasslands that approach on the far eastern spur of the warring woods. As you ride along, you find your thoughts increasingly turned towards your companion, the handsome, bold, and adventurous huntsman who has shared not only the journey but also the peril. Or seems to bear bear some suspicion suspicions regarding the entire endeavour in the isle where were you own. Now and again you glance at Arthrock, only to discover the piercing gaze of his, of his deep eyes fixed on you. On each occasion he swiftly turns his head and makes and makes you, makes some innocent remark on some nearby feature of the landscape. It's nearing dusk, almost five days after having left the keep. When, when the first of the stone columns, known known to all within the hold, as the outer markers come into view, signalling your return to the relative safety, the human held portion of the yard, or maybe increased danger. Athrock pats the stone column effectively as he passes by, and mutters something under his breath that you cannot make out. As the keep itself looms into view out of the gav. The gathering gloom to the south. You and Arthurok part ways. The huntsman leans over and meets you in the shoulder cross. Tells you that he hopes this is not the last adventure you will share. I will make a, I'll make the report to Thakir, he says. Though I tell him only what he truly needs to know. I think, at least for now, we should keep the ogre to himself. I don't. I don't see that any harm can come of it. The mere mention of the Zyamore ought to be enough to send his head spinning. The two of you share a laugh, and you tell Artwok that keeping the encounter with Hokumar's secret is probably a fest. Not a word to anyone about the Wavenbone, he says, referencing the small, roughly hewn cube he tossed you at the site of the forest wounds. You agree, and nod in response.
You wave as Arthurok turns and heads off to make to make the report of Thakir. And watch the huntsman to he's out of sight. Then, then you slowly make your way along the winding stony path that leads back to the Koal. While on your adventure with Arthurok, you, you not only had a chance to practice your own horsemanship skills, but you also learned a few tricks by observing the huntsman, who is indeed a very accomplished rider. 3,072 experience to horsemanship, which I'll, should, which I'll be able to level up. Through your trek along the wilds, the wilds south of the Warring Woods, the skill of woodsmanship was put to test time and time again. You also find out, find out that you learned a great, great deal while observing Arthur, who is a master of the wilds. 3,072 experience to woodmanship. Very nice. In the days that follow your excursion along the southern edge of the, of the warring woods, you, you, you find your mind plagued by thoughts of the handsome huntsman. On two occasions, you even inquire to Thaki about his whereabouts, hoping for the opportunity to see him again. But each time you're told that he is on another mission outside the hold. Years to come, it's always with great fondness that you will call the four days outside the hold with Arthurwook. And that finishes this adventure with 1,024 experience to general. Right, there's more. There's another adventure. That's the Night of the Four. But that will be for later. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.